You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. Nada, why can't we have nice things for long? Because we live in Charlotte, that's why. Why can't we do this? I, we get a win against the Detroit Pistons. We're going to talk all about that today on the Lockdown Hornets podcast, but it doesn't come without a big blow that the Hornets suffered, according to a Shams report, along with Adrian Wojnarowski and plenty of others. Rick Bennell also talking about it. We'll get to some bad news and some good news, but some bad news as well here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it. If you enjoy it, stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Not of the Scribe and at Walker Mail. Be sure to send in your mailbag questions. I think a couple of you did that already, but still send them in and we'll give you our mailbag episode tomorrow, just one day before we end the week. Nada, we've got the injury news to talk yes, about later on. We we've got we've got the win against the Detroit Pistons, the way that the schedule plays out with some of the expected absences, but we are going to get to the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. Since Michelob Ultra evokes joy, we're going to go with LaMelo Ball yes. as the Player of the Week, who has given us so much joy this year. Even though enjoyment isn't the end of the game, it's the whole game. LaMelo gave us a ton of enjoyment at the end of the game last night. Are you happy because you win, or do you win because you're happy? I think that's a perfect question for Melo as he smiled ear to ear, hitting the game-winning free throws when Killian Hayes went up there and and uh, was shook to say the least missed the first free throw out of two attempts that he had and it seemed like he was the guy the water boy kicker was looking at to see who's my bleep and Killian was scared he wanted no part of those free throws as Mark <laughs> Jackson said in winning time Reggie Miller versus the Knicks Killian did not want that free throw and he missed it LaMelo hit his the rookie the better rookie the better rookie all year long the best rookie all year long LaMelo gets player of the week and nada he should get rookie of the yeah, year Yeah, like at this point this is our early coronation to tell everybody that this rookie rookie of the year award thing should be over the defensive plays he made last night the offensive plays he made last night the fact that he carried a whole bunch of, for the most part, some sorry players outside of Terry Rozier, who had a bad shooting night again. Like, he carried this team to a win that they probably shouldn't have had. Like, Detroit should have won this game and won it handily, even def- despite the fact that they were, like, the Hornets were in that bad of a situation to where no P.J. Washington, no Miles Bridges, and yet LaMelo's like, no problem. So... I'm uh, again, this is for me, the rookie of the year award is over. It's been over the minute he came back. But at the same time, like for, I don't see I don't see the justification. If you're going to use j- games played for LaMelo as rookie of the year, then OK, fine. That just tells me you didn't watch games. That's because at this point it's over for me. It's like it's legitimately over Walker. Well, and we we saw the think pieces come out when LaMelo was reportedly going to miss the rest of the season, and there wasn't a ton of hope that he would come back. 
the think pieces were that LaMelo would have played, I think, something to the tune of like 57% of his team's games, and no one had ever won Rookie of the Year with that many games played in their first season. But you didn't have to go too much further up to see a guy like, I think Patrick Ewing was used as an example. There were some other players that had missed just over, or that had just played over 60% of their games, and then like 65 to 70, something like that. But they were writing those articles based on if LaMelo's season had indeed been done, but it's not. He's going to come back and he's going to play 10 more. And so when you put that on the list and then he's doing things like this in those 10 games, it would be one thing for him to just show up and put up decent numbers for the last 10 games, which he's been doing even with the five turnovers that he had in each of the first two returns. But then he's doing things like this in the fourth quarter giving you tremendous defensive plays that makes Eric Collins need oxygen. Mm -hmm. He's giving you finishing buckets at the rim. He's hitting the game winning free throws. He's coming up with big time steals and he scores 11 points in the fourth quarter of a game that the Hornets needed to counteract the bad news that they got when they heard about miles bridges going down because of health and safety protocols. When they knew PJ Washington had been PJ Washington had been playing outstanding pretty much the last couple of weeks when he was going to be out for personal reasons, Cody Martin, Devontae Graham, we already know about Gordon Hayward and LaMelo steps up in the fourth quarter. Yes, it's the Detroit Pistons. They're not good. In fact, even with all those injuries, I still think it's fair to say the Hornets were better on paper because LaMelo and Terry are out yeah, there. Exactly. You know, the, the Pistons, they don't have a good roster, so it would have been a bad loss. But it did even the playing field somewhat. I mean, it, it, did. <laughs> it certainly was a lot. It certainly was a lot closer. And LaMelo wouldn't let him lose in the fourth quarter. The guy's awesome. I'm not here for your Anthony Edwards' rookie of the year takes. I'm here for Anthony Edwards' is real exciting. Yeah. I'm here. I'm here for the conversation that Anthony Edwards has improved a lot as the season has gone on. I'm here for the Anthony Edwards conversation about how fun he is, how fun his personality is, how he's gotten more efficient in stretches this year. I am not here for you to tell me Anthony Edwards has been a better rookie. He has not been. I don't care if he's played more games. LaMelo has had the bigger impact on his team in the games that he's played. And the fourth quarter, the game last night, is exhibit A. Like, literally, that. Like this kid's a superstar. Like, this kid's a star. And at this point, like, he go, again, the Hornets for the next few years are going to go as far as he takes them. And like, hopefully, he takes them to this at least the second round. Maybe we can even start talking about the Eastern Conference Finals again. Like, who <laughs> knows? But at this point, this kid is good. And honestly, like, it just goes back into the – because I saw – and I hate to bring up his name on this podcast, but Tommy Beer, who covers the Knicks and who's a fanalist for the Knicks and everything else like that, threw out those in disingenuous stats oh, right. with, with, like, oh, Emmanuel Quickly's on the same level as LaMelo Ball. And yet you realize that it took – basically quickly 17 more games to accumulate some of those stats and it was just like disingenuous stuff like that man like at this point with Lamelo ball if you don't understand the impact and you don't understand basketball it's, it's really really that simple and i i just want to see the kid just go and put this team on his back and see how far he can he can take him for right now because right now they kind of need it because as we'll discuss Miles probably ain't coming back this for the regular season. And yeah. you don't know when PJ's going to get back, but they're expecting him back this week. And, oh, yeah, 
the road to three to four and one in, in the next five that we set out on Friday, that got a lot harder with an announcement before we started getting recording that we'll talk, <laughs> tell you about. So, uh, yeah, like yeah. At, at some point, like this team is going to need the, its stars to carry them. And for right now, that star is the mellow ball. Before we get to the bad news, all in which you just brought up, I'll, I'll give the people more give, some give better the stuff give before them the candy. we well, uh, thank you i was looking for something sweet to give them and candy is the perfect analogy that one-handed baseball pass in the half court not yes. a, you tweeted about it i mean it i was dumbfounded my jaw dropped to the floor when he hit jalen mcdaniels it it zooms past everyone it seemed like i forget who was somewhat high post it might have been biz or somebody it like was that. biz yeah, but it was biz. yeah it, it zips by him and then jalen mcdaniels catches it and he's actually got to hit a somewhat of a tougher shot because he's got to go up and under and he's got to wait for the defender to come in recover go past him so nice job by jalen there too but that pass was unbelievable and again the save the, the lamello save to <laughs> give it right to terry i I looked at that a couple more times. Not too sure if Lamelo meant to throw it the perfect spot to where Terry could create a, a fast break, but he did. <laughs> you know, I mean, but but even even just the play itself, right? Like if you were to take it to where he just saved it before he went out of bounds, not the pinpoint pass to Terry while saving it out of bounds. It's still a great play. I. He's special, man. Yeah. There's no doubt. I, you, you just don't see that from anyone. You, it, you don't see it. Of course, you don't see it from other rookies, but you don't see that type of play from anyone. All right, we'll get to the bad news, but glad that we could give you the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. Even if he's not allowed he to legally drink it. Yes, that's right. He's not allowed to. He's 19 years old and he's doing all of this. He evokes joy. He's done it all season. Even though enjoyment isn't the end of the game, it's the whole game. Are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? LaMelo Ball, he helps you win and he makes you happy. So celebrate with the Michelob Ultra because it's only 95 calories and 2.6 carbs. So you don't even have to worry about putting on the weight while you're celebrating a LaMelo Ball performance in the fourth quarter against the Pistons or really any game in his rookie season and beyond. We go from the happy news, the happy discussion to the depressing discussion coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. And I was cutting a rug in that place. Not a funk master flex. Shout out so to him. Again, Walker, how old are you again? Uh, I am 28 years old. <laughs> I didn't know a person under 35 used cutting a rug anymore. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. If you haven't visited BuiltBar.com yet, then what in the hell are you waiting for? We've talked to you a ton about Built Bar because it's the best tasting protein bar ever, and it's really no contest. I've had a decent amount of protein bars in my life, and there's just no question. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. Doesn't matter what flavor you're going with. They've got tons of delicious flavors. You can go with any of the 18 original they gave you like 12 new ones then they gave you nine more new ones they've released it's uh, released some limited edition boxes for you as well you can order today and get that raspberry or you can get the mint brownie whatever you like and you can get it before mother's day don't know what to get your mom on mother's day well most moms uh, i know they love built bar <laughs> my mom my mom i'm sure would like some built bars so send her a box and you're sure to be her favorite at least for a while until you get her the 
the next box of Built Bar. They're great for the health conscious person, low in sugar, high in protein, low in calories, high in fiber. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off of your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So LaMelo had a great game. It was fun to see him show up in the fourth yeah. quarter, but he needed to because of all of the injuries that the Hornets suffered. And we can get to Cody Martin, who is expected to be out for a while, too. I don't know if his season is done, but a sprained ankle. Not, yeah, not going to be back this is. week. Probably expecting him back next week sometime if you are viewing this in an optimistic lens. Gordon Hayward got his walking boot off, Nada. That's good. We did see him shooting around a little bit. Don't know what that means for his timetable. Don't know about Devontae Graham, who's dealt with a lot of nagging injuries this year. And PJ was out due to personal reasons, so he could come back pretty soon. Uh, we talked a little bit about what we might expect it to be, but we won't put it out there because it's all reckless speculation. So Miles Bridges is the one that hurts the most because the reports came out yesterday that he entered the health and safety mm -hmm. protocols and Sham Sharania put out that he's expected to be out. He will be out for at least the next 10 days and possibly for the next 14 days. What that means is that Miles Bridges could indeed miss the rest of the season. And Rick Bunnell joined the afternoon rush yesterday, and he didn't really give all that much of an optimistic chance of Miles returning this year also. Miles had been playing at an extremely high level, Nada. We've given an, we've given so much praise to him the last month. I went over some of the numbers. They're even better than what I talked about yesterday when you go to the first game that Gordon Hayward missed. It was that Boston game. It So they played, I believe, against Indiana. Then the next game, or I, it was against Indiana. I'm not sure. I forget one of those two. But Miles has shot 53% from the field since then rounding up 46% from three, averaging 20 a game, seven rebounds, three assists. Uh, the numbers are bananas for Miles, and, and that's on top of already what had been good numbers all year long. He's only going to miss the 90 portion of the 50-40-90 club. He'll instead have shot 86% from the free throw line, but did enough to shoot 50 and 40 from the field and the three-point line this year. It seems like this is it for Miles Bridges, Nada, and what a season it was. No matter what role was asked of him, whether it was a roll off of the bench, he came in and he owned it defensively, offensively, improved so much on both areas of the floor. And then when you asked him to be a guy that the Hornets could rely on as a go-to player, he did that for you as well consistently over the last month and a half. I can't tell you, uh, I can't say enough good things about what Miles has done this year, and it's sad that it's come to an end possibly. This, like, getting that, that Woge bomb was a punch to the gut. Like, that, to me, was the moment where it's just like, you have to, it, it made you rethink all of what can possibly happen because quite honestly the one thing you could always say about miles was that he no matter what he did he made a positive impact on the on the floor he could be scoring two points he could be scoring 32 points it didn't matter he was going to be the guy that was always going to create a positive impact on on, on the floor and the fact that he's not there now puts like this one hurts this one is just like 
this for me, this was the straw that broke the camel's back. This was the reminder that at this point, we Hornets fans just need to accept that this season is going to be one of those where you enjoy the ride. Because if you don't, then like, and you have any sort of expectations, like you're only setting yourself up for disappointment. And honestly, like the the bridges thing, at least for me, was a reminder that hey, you said to enjoy the ride. Don't have these expectations. If you want to have those expectations, next year's perfectly fine to start having them. And then, I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> this one hurts. This one, I, like, I really wish I would have more words for this. This one, like, I just keep going back to this one hurts because I don't think you recover from this. You can bring PJ in. You're probably still not going to recover. You can bring back, like, you can bring back Jalen McDaniels, who had a career night in rebounds. I don't yeah, think I think. Cover. Go ahead. At this point, like, I would need Hayward. Hayward would need to have to come back for me to say, okay, this team will be fine in a win or die situation. In the well, that's game. been the cruel nature of the Hornets injuries this season is there's been just enough to provide you some type of hope in some areas. I mean, even when you were all that time without Malik Monk, LaMelo Ball, and Gordon Hayward, it was tough to try to tread water at times, but they found a way to do it because Terry showed up and then Miles stepped up and then PJ did as well the last couple of weeks. And so the cruel nature of the injuries have been to provide you some type of hope rather than ripping it all apart. And we could have gotten over the grieving process by now, but here we are. I mean, here's here's Lamella returning. Here's yeah. Malik returning. Here's Gordon Hayward with the walking boot now gone. And instead, Miles is going to be gone for the rest of the season. I don't know if I say that the Hornets can't recover from this because when you get a guy like Lamelo back, when hopefully Malik can get uh, his legs back under him, which he did not play well at all last night. He was better actually the first two games coming back from injury than he was last night. Hopefully Malik can provide some kind of consistency. PJ Washington, hopefully he comes back as well after the personal reasons. But yeah, it's just, it's unfortunate for Miles because it reminds me a lot of what happened with Malik last year, Nada. And maybe even, you know, it wasn't it wasn't because of anything that Miles did specifically. You know, we know that Malik's season ended because of the anti-drug violation, but Malik was playing well and then his season was done. You know, it was he got one start under his belt and then he was gone for the rest of the year. The season ends because of the pandemic. That's out of his control. And we don't get to see Malik play basketball until even further in, into the season than we thought because he caught COVID himself at the beginning of the season. But Miles had such a good year consistently, was playing so well in this new role, and then his season comes to an abrupt end too in a way we didn't expect that it's not because he suffers some type of injury. It's because presumably we don't know this for sure. So we're going to put this out there, but presumably I think it's fair to say he caught COVID. I think it's fair to assume that he tested positive, although that's not confirmed. So yeah, we'll continue no. to put that out there, but that's what happens when you get the 10 to 14 day protocol hit with you, right? Like it seems, it seems like you tested yeah, exactly. positive. And I, with the Malik lasting effects thing where Malik was even saying, yeah, you know, this this stayed with me for a little while. That's something that sucks for Miles, too. If he does come back, right? Like, let's say they get to the play in tournament yeah. and he's back just in time or let's say they move past it. Let's say they play Indiana or something like that. 
and they move past it. They find a way to get that eight or seven seed and miles comes in and tries to help you out dealing with lingering effects. That's going to hurt too. I, it just, there's, there's not a lot of good that's come from it. The, the only good that comes from this is miles gets to officially log in for the record books, a hell of a year. Yeah, no, that that's the only good thing because the only because the other thing I'm worried about right now is I just look at what happened to Jason Tatum and how Jason Tatum has said he needs an inhaler before he goes before he plays any game to open up his lungs. We do not know the long-term effects of this. Like this could do some damage to Miles potentially. Like that I don't and I don't want to throw that out there but it can't help but be in the back of your mind. Like, yo, what if Miles don't come back the same? Like, it's scary to think about that, but that could be the case too. Like, I just, like, you don't want to see any athlete get COVID. But the thing I, I you hope for the most is that Miles gets the proper recovery time. And they say, you know what? We're going we're gonna to take care of this right quick. yeah hopefully no. he can come back and and if there are effects if there are lingering effects ho- hopefully they can be minimal and he can return to the form that he played with this season bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action before the next pitch in the major leagues you can head over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting events and you can sign up for bonuses and contest information you don't have to sit on the sidelines anymore this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts promo code locked on uh we'll take one more break we'll come back the last segment of the locked on hornets podcast coming up next on the locked on podcast network this is locked on hornets i don't like doing that unless like, I am totally annoyed. I don't drop the big joker in spades or that early. I don't drop the big joker. I only do it when I am officially annoyed and I don't want to have this conversation. And I'm going to be real honest with you, Walker. I, the last thing I want to be talking about at 10 at night is Blake Griffin and the possibility of him coming here. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Today on the Locked On Today podcast are the Miami Heat headed for the play-in games. You can get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today pod, and you can follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Now, you mentioned it at the top of the pod. We had some breaking news come in regarding the Chicago Bulls and Charlotte Hornets game. Chicago All-Star, according to Sham Sharania, this tweet is, Chicago All-Star uh, Zach Levine plans to return to the Bulls lineup Thursday versus Charlotte after missing time due to the protocol. Zach Levine was held out for a long time too, Nada. And we were even discussing Zach Levine was out the first go around that the Bulls played against Charlotte. And he had already been out a couple of games before that. So like he was gone for almost a good three. Yeah, he was gone. And and which again, (laughs) if you're going to take this and apply it to miles, it seems very, very bleak any chance for Miles to return, even if you do get somewhat deeper into the season. But Zach Levine's returning, and this is just another blow because the Hornets, they're going to be undermanned. I don't know who's going to be readily available for Charlotte tomorrow. I don't know about Devontae, 
Hopefully we'll get we'll get some kind of injury report today later on, but we're recording this early enough to where we haven't seen that from the PR staff yet. But Devontae Graham was out. Who knows if he comes back? I don't know what Gordon Hayward's timetable is. I'm certain he's not going to return for Chicago. I, you would think just getting the walking boot off. Yeah, exactly. Walking boot. Like he's he's like we have to assume that at best we're talking about the Wizards game that yeah it, Gordon Hayward returns. right like at best the end of Cody the Martin's not coming back so <laughs> to have Zach Levine come back for such a big game for the Hornets it are we still feeling four and one nada with everything that's changed and there's a lot right there's a lot that's changed with Zach Levine coming back with Miles being gone and we don't know about some of these other dudes has the calculus changed on us needing and predicting four and one in this five game stretch we talked about? The calculus has changed so <laughs> yeah, much. I for me, like <laughs> the cal- the calculus has changed yeah. so much. Like I've gone from okay, maintain the eight to well, having a home playing game to get to the next playing game wouldn't be so bad. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm at with this right now. Like that's like just just hold on to nine. That's all you're hoping for because at this point, Indiana, I'm not necessarily worried about them because they yeah, they really do. Let's right talk now. about them for a second. Nate Bjorkren. It was reported by Woj yesterday that the Pacers might just move on because of his inability to hold good relationships with the players within that locker room. And it's something that we had kind of heard last year with Nate McMillan. The Pacers decide to move on. They kind of pointed to the playoff record. I remember the statement they released too. It pointed to his playoff record after they tried to say, hey, we thank Nate McMillan so much for his services here with the Indiana Pacers. And then it seemed like a cheap shot at the end. Uh, Pacers did not handle all of that well. I, I didn't even think it was the biggest deal to move on from McMillan. It was certainly a risk, but the playoff record had not been great. Still, I I get it, right? Like he was still a good enough coach. I'd have been fine had him yeah. be, uh, had him stayed, but it has not gone well for the Pacers this year. And apparently, there are some quote key players within that locker room that do not have a good relationship with their head coach as it stands right now. And he's got some damage control to do if he wants to stay there. But it seems like this is a, a part of no, it's well, a it, it does seem it's like that. And also not a it seems like it's the players. It's not the coach. It seems like what, what's going on with that organization. The players are in that locker room that they're they're kind of tough to deal with as, as evidenced by, you know, Nate McMillan yeah. and even uh, Nate Bjorkman this year. No, no, this is a wrap, kind of. Quite honestly, like, this feels like, and I get why they did this. They did this to appease to Victor Oladipo, who probably wasn't staying anyway, but they did a lot of this just to make sure that they kept their stars, and that's something that mid-tier teams have to do, mid-market teams have to do, keep your stars at any cost, and that means the coach got to go, the coach has got to go. But at the same time, this is one of those situations where, they hired a guy that probably wasn't ready, that was only had four years of assistant coaching period, wasn't clearly not ready for this job, and got got the job based on the fact that he was, again, he came from a championship system in Toronto. And I understand that everybody wants is going to want to re- replicate the Nick Nurse defensive scheme, but you got to have the personality and the coaching to do it. And quite honestly, this is where, like, when we have those people that say JB yeah. can't coach this, that, and the third, the one thing that I keep trying to point back to is, yo, guys, um, 
your JB can't coach. Like, JB gets along with everybody. There's nobody that do- has a serious problem with him, save for maybe Dwayne Bacon. And he's in Orlando <laughs> yeah. right now. Like, yeah. think about it like this. JB gets along with everybody to the point where it's understood, where everybody respects him. And that's not something that's necessarily very easy to do because we can look at Nate Bjorkren right now. And if they don't like him like that, where they ain't going to play, play him, he's about to get Mike Dunlap, yeah. Walker. I don't I think mm. I'd, I'd ever say that. But this is a I just Mike shook. Dunlap situation. Does that name right make here. you shake a little bit? Oh, goodness gracious. That, may, that name. Let me put it this way. Uh, I remember Rick, Rick Bedell pointing something out. When you upset Stephanie Reddy, who was working as a sideline reporter at the time, Oh you have God. done something wrong because Stephanie Reddy might oh, be the next person. And ever. yeah, that, that was uh, what it <laughs> makes me shake. Just the name does. But it, I, I'm glad you brought up James Borrego. It's exactly the angle I wanted to take here because you can have problem with the X's and O's. You can have the problem with the crazy lineups. I, I've mentioned a million times. It takes him a while to go with the lineup that I won or go with a player that I think should be in there over another. Eventually he does it. I still think there are some really nice out of bounds plays that he draws up. There, there are some nice things X and as an O's wise to talk about with Borrego that makes me believe in him. But the number one thing that makes me believe in James Borrego is his ability to relate to the players and have a very good relationship. Not a, not just with the guys that are getting time, but with players like Malik who <laughs> Should have been on the court much sooner, in my opinion, than they were. The COVID thing always is caveat with Malik. Yeah, no, the COVID, honestly, that was one of those things. Like when I read, we did, we talked about it, the Paolo piece for, with the ringer. When he told me about that whole not being, really being able to breathe, that, uh, like, when, when I heard that part, I was like, okay, yeah, now now we can't talk about James Fair James enough. James he James still would take him out him. after the turnovers, which I don't think was coincidental. He would have one bad turnover, and then Malik would go right to the bench. Fair. But, yes, I understand that, that, is, that is a legitimate caveat to bring up. Point being, when you are a player that doesn't get run and you still are talked about in a high regard by that player – I think that the relationship building from Borrego is huge. And I go to a tweet Bobby Marks put out there, managing the locker room, relationship building, and how to deal with adversity. That is more important than drawing up plays or game plans. If you lose the locker room, I don't, I don't care how great of a coach you are. I think I've seen something like Seth Partno tweet this out where it's like I had somebody tell me one time coaching is he gave all these percentages and basically it came down to like 20% X's and O's. And a lot of the other stuff was building relationships with your players and, and, and being able to deal with all of that stuff. That's why I believe in Borrego first and foremost. If you have any problem with what he's doing in game, cool. I'm, I'm, I, there is some legit criticism with some of that stuff. But those players like him. I, I think the next step that we see, Nada, is as LaMelo grows into a star, as he's an established star, as you start to see PJ and Miles and some of these guys take that next step up, is what kind of step is there to take for Borrego to come at this relationship building from a different angle because right now you're dealing with a rookie in LaMelo right now you're dealing with a couple of young players like PJ and miles they're going to get more years under their belt they're going to start to get headstrong in what they believe I believe in Borrego being able to take that transition but that is the next step for him as a head coach because it's been a lot of young dudes and and really really easy to get along with uh, veteran players that have respected him that's the next step that he has to take. But I think he can to, uh, to, to just put that out there. I do think he can make that transition. No, I, I, 
I don't think this is a Brett Brown yeah. situation. And that's the, probably the most easy comp to make is, if, do you worry that JB is going to be Brett Brown? And I don't think that's the case. I do think that's something that, like, you could worry about a little bit. But I think the way that JB is learning on, because again, we got to remember, JB is learning this on the job as he goes. So I'm not one of those that believes that JB is going to not figure this out and not grow and adapt. I also do think that with JB's temperament, it's going to work a lot better with veterans than I think. No, no, and, and I and I think like so too. I just I was guys. acknowledging that that's a step that will that that could show up. It might not show up, Nada. I'm just, I'm just putting it out it there. It may not. That w- this has been a locker room that has constantly been praised. When you have guys like Marvin Williams, Nick Batum, as much as people hate him, he's not rocking the boat by any means. You know, that In fact, I think that was the problem yeah. for some people is the fact that he wasn't aggressive enough, that he didn't show, quote unquote, want to enough. Kimball Walker is an all-time NBA good dude, right? The, the franchise have been blessed with a lot of really good dudes, and that's transitioned from the veterans on this team to new players, right? Cody Zeller, Devontae Graham's awesome. We all love Miles. PJ's kind of a level-headed guy. I, LaMelo is just smiling ear to ear with everything he does, and he always talks about how much he loves this team. It just <laughs> that's my point. What happens if some of that changes with experience with these players? And I'm not even saying it is. I just, I just am putting that out there just to see is that a, is that a step that Borrego is going to have to take? Yeah, no, that is probably going to step. But the bigger th- question that I have is, what happens when this team's coaching staff starts to get poached? That's the bigger question because a lot of these guys will have more relationships with their assistant coaches, and that may be one of those things. Like again, I'm waiting for a Jay Hernandez to yeah. get shot out somewhere else. Or I'm waiting for a Dutch Norad's the guy I think of too. First and foremost, like there again, what happens when those guys get poached? Because generally, we see that a a coach is only as good as the staff. So what's going to happen when got like I'm not worried about Jay Triano getting poached. I'm worried about Gately. I'm worried about Norad. I'm worried about Jay Hernandez. What happens when those guys start getting poached? The guys that we know are real change makers behind the scenes. That's going to happen at some point. And can you reload? And I think that's going to be the bigger question in terms of what, how James Brago grows. Well, and and, and what's interesting, well. too, is Jalen McDaniels calls Nick Friedman a brother. And Friedman is someone yeah. I, I hope doesn't leave. <laughs> uh, I want him here with the Hornets franchise for a long time as well. And, and it's a good point to bring up. But it, situations like that, if we're going to make it Hornets related, Borrego, man, I mean, those players love him. He he is a player's coach. He is he is that to a T. And that is certainly going to help uh, him make that transition from from team rebuilding to cute, feisty team to a little bit more legitimacy this year, making the playoffs, making a play in tournament to when that next step is going to be needing uh, need. Uh, is, excuse me, is, is going to be taken. So hopefully we can see all the positive direction for this Hornets team that wraps up this edition of Lockdown Hornets. Thanks again to Built Bar and Michelob Ultra for supporting the show. Tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NBA, Hollinger and Duncan, any show on the Locked On Podcast Network. Have a great day, and we'll be back with you tomorrow with a mailbag episode. Send your questions in at Walker Mail, at Not of the Scribe, and at Locked On Hornets. We'll see you tomorrow to answer your questions.